Do you see something wrong with this picture? He's made in America. We left $86 billion in military hardware, most of which are top secret. We left all our toys in Bagram Air Base for the Taliban, the Russians, and the Chinese to come in and pick through. He's made in America, and he's mad as hell. As soon as that happens, Alvin Bragg comes in and says, I'm going to sue Donald Trump for a case that not even the feds would take. And I'm going to try to elevate a campaign finance violation, a misdemeanor, into a felony. Listen to Paul Rotundi every weekday. Every time something drops against Hunter Biden, some rogue DA someplace launches a campaign and indicts Donald Trump. Every single freaking time. The Paul Rizundi Show on WRRN. This is not the America I grew up in. You are listening to The Paul Rotundi Show on WRRN, the Rotundi Radio Network. George, I'm old enough to say this. Uh, I've seen two movements outside of the social justice movements in my life on the political side. One was the Reagan movement. Reagan had a hold on his base, the country at large. They saw him as someone who was willing to stand up for American values, whatever that might have meant. Now, I thought it was reactionary. Uh, The other movement I saw was, was Barack Obama, hope and change. That galvanized the American people. I've never seen anything like this with Donald Trump. I mean, what doesn't kill you make you stronger? I mean, being convicted, I mean, being indicted, that's making him stronger, raising $10 million, using an ugly mug shot uh, to raise money. This is a movement. And anyone who thinks that you can apply the old political rules to trying to defeat this candidate based on he's scary, he's ugly, whatever you might want to call him, this is a movement. And we have to respect the fact that it's a movement. I'll also just... I got to tell you, folks, In since I've been kind of woke up and started paying attention to U.S. politics. I thought that I would never, ever, ever hear those words out of Donna Brazil's mouth. I mean, here is the former head of the DNC, who's now a Fox contributor and going on all the, you know, Sunday morning shows. She's on George Snuffleupagus's show. And she drops this truth bomb. Holy cow. So I think the Dems realize that they've got a major, major, major problem. 
Calling him Orange Man Bad didn't work. Saying Russia, Russia, Russia didn't work. Impeaching him twice didn't work. Indicting him four times on 91 different counts of BS hasn't worked. In fact, as she said, you know, and to quote Nietzsche, that which does not kill you makes you stronger. Okay, the next logical step, and Tucker Carlson hinted at this a few days ago. Well, what's next? Are they going to try to Epstein Donald Trump? Because I got to tell you, folks, I'm looking at the latest poll from, of all places, CNN. Trump leads GOP field by 34 points after iconic mugshot. CNN poll. Trump support grows in GOP primary. Leads field by 34 points after latest arrest. Iconic mugshot. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. That's a thing. Donald Trump is pulling away from DeSantis, Ramaswamy, Nikki Haley, Chris Christie, as if he was ever a candidate. <clears throat> yeah, okay. Oh, God. Yeah, and he's just pulling away from the field, and they are desperate. So incredibly desperate to eliminate Donald Trump from the field and prevent him from running for re-election in 24, that they are willing to do anything now. So what is anything? There's already been an, there's already been a few attempts by rogue actors, um, one Canadian woman comes to mind where she sent ricin to the White House when Trump was in office. I believe it was in 2020. Yes, there was an assassination attempt against Donald Trump in 2020. Why? Because his policies were working? Because he's a threat to the status quo ante in Washington? because he's shaking the heck up the establishment, because he was an outsider. He's beholden to no one because nobody can buy him. Think about that, folks. The guy's a billionaire. The guy's a billionaire by his own hands. He built his real estate empire. He built his brand to a global phenomenon. He created... Uh, his own TV show called The Apprentice. I'm sure you remember it, where people vied for the opportunity to intern with him for a year. Who would not want the ability to train and be mentored by one of the most successful business owners in U.S. history? Like him or dislike him, I don't care. I would want to, I would kill somebody for the opportunity to work for a man like him. 
I don't have to like him. I need to pick his brain. I need to understand and think how he thinks. Know what he knows. Anticipate what he anticipates. So that I could duplicate that in my own life. No matter what business I start, the same philosophies are the same across the board. Success breeds success. And you surround yourself with successful people in order to get successful. It's one of the laws of attraction of the universe. So they're saying, you know, Trump is pulling away. Trump, you know, is, you know, even with the arrests, even with the indictments, no matter what they throw at him, the guy just keeps gaining support because now they're victimizing him. Now they're proving the witch hunt was real. That everything people have been saying since 2015 is real. That it's not a conspiracy theory. That it's not trumped up, pardon the pun, but trumped up. That each and every time they go after him, it's to cover up something else. It's to cover and deflect and project what the Democrats are doing on a daily basis to Republicans. Notice, they call Republicans racist, yet they're the party of racism. That they're the party that tries to put everybody into a tiny little box and then set those people against each other because of what? If you're fighting amongst yourselves, you don't have time to see the bigger picture. You don't have time to see what's going on behind the scenes. You don't have time to analyze and be thoughtful if you're constantly at your neighbor's throat because you think that they're getting something that you're supposed to get. You know, <clears throat> that's what, the sixth and seventh commandment? Thou shall not covet thy neighbor's wife. Thou shall not cover thy neighbor's goods. Um, you know, in other words, jealousy, greed. Don't focus on that. Focus on the greater good. You know, <clears throat> I'm not exactly what you would call a devout Catholic. I am Catholic. I have very strong beliefs about right to life. You know, all life is sacred. There are situations where a fetus needs to be terminated in order to save a woman's life, but those are extreme, rare circumstances. Not wholesale slaughter of unwanted pregnancies. For what reason? Well, you do realize that the founder of Planned Parenthood started Planned Parenthood in an effort to create a eugenics campaign against black Americans after segregation and Jim Crow and the KKK didn't work. They're committing genocide 
against black Americans predominantly in the name of a woman's right to choose. You know, I know this is a little bit off topic, you know, for this segment, but it's something that needs to be said. And it needs to be said over and over and over and over again. If you advocate for pro-choice, you're advocating for genocide. More human beings have been killed by Planned Parenthood than Joseph Stalin, Adolf Hitler, Genghis Khan, the Romans in the Roman Empire, the Chinese dynasties combined, at least double. And they're adding to the tally every single day. Most people don't want to look at it that way. I'm not most people. Neither should you. You know, (laughs) I didn't expect to have, you know, get my Italian up um, so (laughs) so early this morning. But, yeah. So why don't we do this? You know, we need to get President Trump back in office. Because it's the right thing to do. Because... And I'll get into some of the things that Joe Biden did yesterday that just absolutely sent my sent my agita into the into you know to eleven. But when we come back, we're going to talk about some of that stuff, and more re- more um, importantly, we're going to talk about the treatment of some of the people um, from the January sixth. Nonsense. We'll be back. The Southern Yankee on-demand print store on Etsy is your home for all kinds of print-on-demand items, including glassware and mugs, tumblers, candles, t-shirts, and engravable and customizable jewelry cards. If you can personalize it, we can print it. Come see us on Etsy, and soon Amazon as well, at... YankeeODP2023.etsy.com. Remember, that address is Y-A-N-K-E-E-ODP2023.etsy.com. You'll be glad you did. How far will the most corrupt president in history go to keep Republicans from winning back the White House? Meet the cast of unscrupulous accomplices he's assembled to get Trump. Alvin Bragg, the radical liberal New York prosecutor who refuses to prosecute violent criminals. Jack Smith, who's made a career persecuting innocent Republican officials. Letitia James, the socialist who ran on the promise, I'll go after Trump. And Biden's newest lackey, Atlanta DA, Fonnie Willis. So incompetent, on her watch, violent crimes have exploded. So tainted, Willis was thrown off one case for trying to prosecute a political opponent. So corrupt, Willis got caught hiding a relationship with a gang member she was prosecuting. So dishonest, Willis was accused of creating a fake subpoena. Welcome to the Fraud Squad. 
I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message. County Jail in Atlanta. Another inmate died in custody. Five inmates in the last month, all black. Why? Now, let me see here. You got a black mayor, you got a black prosecutor, you got a black sheriff, and black people are dying at the jail. Where's Al Sharpton? Where's Kamala Harris? Where's Joe Biden? Nowhere to be found. Where's Black Lives Matter? Black on black? Where? Is it systemic racism at the Fulton County Jail when it's all run by black Americans? I don't think so. What is Fannie Willis doing? Going after Trump. Why? Because she wants to deflect from her incompetency. She's incompetent. She wants to distract America from her incompetency. So she goes after Trump on frivolous charges. Focus on saving the lives of those inmates at Fulton County Jail. Leave President Trump alone. Amen, Leo. Amen. For years, all of these jurisdictions that are claiming systemic racism against blacks are the highest concentrations of black-on-black violence. He's right. There's no explanation other than the fact that this rogue prosecutor, corrupt, vile person, Fannie Willis, in Atlanta is creating an environment of just absolute chaos, bloodshed, and death for black Americans. Blacks are getting arrested. Blacks are getting put in Fulton County 6th District, that jail that they're trying to, that they stuffed um, Harrison Floyd in surprised we haven't heard anything about him being attacked but it's only a matter of time it's only a matter of time before something happens which is why they chose that venue to arraign President Trump and his lawyers they want to put him in an environment where people are dying every day, where people are being shanked and hung and beaten to death and however many other, you know, having never been to prison, I can't speak for what goes on and on on the inside. But seen enough movies, seen Scared Straight, Multiple times, I've seen Orange is the New Black. 
You know, all these shows that perpetrate, you know, what prison life is like. As if glorifying what it's like when you're incarcerated and you're serving your debt to society, glorifying people like that, I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> it, it just doesn't make any sense to me why we put gangsters and gangstas on a pedestal as something to be worshipped, as something to live, you know, aspire to. What, because they got money? Because they get they get girls? Folks, come on. The whole culture is glorifying misogyny, rape, violence, gun violence against black Americans, gang warfare, and the whole gang culture. For what? I just, I don't understand it. I don't understand why, but I actually want to get to the real topic of this uh, this segment. Is that um, you probably saw in the news that Proud Boys um, had Enrico uh, Enrique Tario received record twenty two year prison sentence. He wasn't even he wasn't even at the Capitol on January sixth. He was in a Baltimore hotel. But according to the prosecutors, they said that Tario's absence from the city on that day does nothing to detract from the severity of his conduct because he was a general rather than a soldier. The only crime that he committed was allegedly defacing a Black Lives Matter banner. Uh, uh, excuse me. Say that three times fast. A Black Lives Matter banner. After his arrest, a judge ordered him to leave the nation's capital. So he spent the majority of January's 26th at a Baltimore hotel. They said, and as federal prosecutors said, that Tario is a gifted communicator who excels at attracting followers who use those talents to inflame and radicalize untold number of followers, promoting political violence in general and orchestrating the uh, charge conspiracies in particular. To Tario, January 6th was an act of revolution that they, they added. So, yeah, Tario was one of the four Proud Boys convicted of seditious conspiracy after a trial in May. A kangaroo trial, I might add. Judge Timothy Kelly applied terrorism sentencing enhancement as he did with some of Tario's co-defendants. Tario's attorney, Sabino Yaragui, fought back against the terrorism label, arguing that Tario is a misguided patriot. His client is no terrorist. My client is a misguided patriot. My client comes from a country where there are no rights. There's nothing, he said in a nod to Tario's Cuban heritage. He was trying to protect this country as misguided as he was. You know what? There's 1,100 people who've been charged and thrown in jail 
with no due process since January 6th. When are we going to have due process? I mean, as of right now, um, according to this article I've read, only 300 people have been incarcerated. 800 are still yet to be, you know, yet to be processed. But they're sitting in jail. To make an example towards conservatives, you know, that anybody who was associated with the people that were escorted into the Capitol on January 6th, not the side of the, not the side of the Capitol building where some rowdy people were, broke a window. And where um, Ashley Babbitt was slaughtered, unarmed, white Air Force veteran, shot in the head by a Capitol Police officer. The only person who died as a, as a direct result of January 6th. Where's the outcry? for her where's the officer where is that capitol police officer that pulled the trigger why isn't he being prosecuted because it goes against their agenda it doesn't fit in the narrative they want to they want to say that january 6th was an insurrection It's more like something that Gandhi would do. People, old people, walked into the Capitol building and were escorted by Capitol Police through the building. They were let into the House of, you know, the chambers, the House chambers, the Senate chambers. And apparently... The Capitol Police officer who shot and killed demonstrator Ashley Babbitt during the January 621 protest is set to be promoted from lieutenant to captain. Do you freaking believe this, folks? You slaughter an, you slaughter an innocent bystander and you get promoted. You... Burn down entire city blocks in Minneapolis. You firebomb a police station with people still inside. And you're glorified. What the actual F is going on here, folks? This is like bizarro world. Right is wrong, up is down, left is right. Nothing makes sense anymore. Do you do you see any sense out of this? I don't. And I want to get to one more thing before we um, break for commercial. Um, apparently, Philadelphia's police commissioner is resigning. I mean, Danielle Outlaw, who took the job three years ago, is resigning under the weight of 
massive numbers of homicides, street crime, this zombie drug called xylazine, or its street name is Trank. It's an animal, tra- it's an animal tranquilizer. And they're, they're apparently cutting this stuff with fentanyl. How effed up is that? And apparently, and I've seen photos of the aftermath of what this drug does to people. They call it the zombie drug for a reason, because it rots the flesh off people's bodies like leprosy. And there are many people now that are victims of this drug that are being forced to have their limbs amputated. (laughs) So she's bailing out of the Philadelphia police commissioner's role and taking a cushy desk job at the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. I guess if you can't take the heat, you get out of the kitchen. So we need to find somebody, well, Philadelphia needs to find a police commissioner that is essentially going to need to do a Herculean task. And that is pull up their collective big boy pants, get out there, and employ the policies that worked so well in New York City during the period when Rudy Giuliani was DA and then Giuliani when Giuliani was mayor. Redeploy, stop and frisk. People say it it's, violates people's civil rights. No, getting murdered violates your civil rights. Getting raped violates your civil rights. Having your flesh rotted off because you got a hold of some bad drug violates your civil rights. The criminals, they don't care about your civil rights. Let that sink in for a bit. We'll be back. folks so to lighten things up and i just matter i just grabbed an article um that i find (laughs) particularly funny um the photo of this article that's connected to this article is called master of puppies runaway dog attends metallica concert in inglewood california um apparently 
this a, a dog is getting tons of attention for for sneaking away from home to enjoy a music concert in Inglewood, California, on, Oct- on August twenty fifth. Uh, Metal Hammer reported Friday. The dog's name is Storm. She's a husky. Ran away from her home near the stadium and was later spotted in a seat enjoying some tunes as Metallica rocked out on the stage. In a social media post Thursday, the band shared a photo of the dog enjoying her solo evening out on the town. Storm was safely reunited with her actual family the next day. She had a great time listening to her favorite songs, including Bark Saturna, Master of Puppies, The Mailman That Never Comes, the group said. Okay, so give Metallica props for the dad puns. I love it. So social media users commented on the photo, one person writing, music truly is the universal language. Another person wrote, dog wanted to have a good time and knew exactly where to go. Metallica drew nearly 80,000 fans for the event and Storm was one of them. The Animal Hope and Wellness Foundation initially thought the dog had been abandoned at the concert and Pet Helpful reported she'd been taken to a local shelter. However, Storm, who's a husky, and her owner, Arabeth Hurtado, were later reunited. Hurtado said she was unaware her puppet escaped and no idea how she got into the stadium. She's home and safe. We learned something new about her. She apparently is a huge Metallica fan who decided to sneak out for the concert. She told Pet Helpful, adding, We were laughing so hard when we saw that she was sitting in an actual seat at the concert. Hurtado later shared an image of herself with her beloved pet to reassure people that she was safe. According to the American Kennel Club, the Siberian Husky breed is loyal, outgoing, and mischievous. Siberian Husky, which is a thickly coated, compact sled dog of medium size and great endurance, was developed to work in packs, pulling light loads at moderate speeds over vast frozen expanses. Sibes, as they put it, are friendly, fastidious, and dignified, the club's website said. People commenting on Hurtado's post had a lot to say about the pup's outing. Metallica, please send this puppy some swag, one person commented, while another said, this dog is a legend. Now, (laughs) oh, God, that reminds me of the antics of my own three cats at the moment. Um, My two of the kittens that my my son Brett had uh, rescued um, earlier this year. They were, when he found them, or when they found him rather, because the universal cat distribution system is real. You know, if there, there are cats out there that are abandoned because they're, you know, unwanted or just, you know, you know, litters born to feral cats. Occasionally, and more often than not, the universe will work to put them in a home, often at, at the at the pet um, the person's least when they least expect it. My son was working um, one of his two jobs um, earlier this year before he moved back to New York at a. Speedway gas station on Route 109 here in Lebanon. 
And he went to go take the trash out as part of his normal nightly routine. And these two kittens couldn't have been more than six weeks old at the time assaulted him. <laughs> About the only thing I could say, because he sent me a video that these kittens climbing up, climbing up his body like he was a like he was a uh, sequoia, and then nestling on his chest, like right underneath his chin. And of course, at that point, what's what are you gonna do? I mean, what's a, a normal? empathetic person going to do other than take these two absolutely you know absolute miracles home with them now of course you know we already have a cat her name's minerva she's a um black colored american short hair and she's the survivor of the pair of twins that we had um you know, we lost her brother, Kronos, uh, to oral melanoma. Hey. I, my, son named, my son named the cats because he's big in Greek mythology. You know, Kronos, like the watch, Jeff. I got a time. That's... Yeah, I, it's, you know, so we had a Kronos. Uh, but anyway, I digress. You know, my producer making fun of my pet's names. Yeah, what's next? You know, they're going to... They're gonna, all right, but anyway, so four o'clock, four thirty in the morning, my son calls me and tells me about these kittens, and you know my wife answers the phone, and I had just gotten a, I just gotten home from work, and I just crawled into bed, and I get the and I well, they get the call, and I'm immediately like, no, we can't introduce two new cats into the house, Minerva flipper, you know flipper stuff. You know, she'll be hostile and she'll keep swatting at him and you know, attacking him and stuff because, you know, that's her invading her territory. But he brings her, he brings them home anyway. And the moment I laid eyes on him, my heart melted. I mean, evaporated, just, you know, block of ice, you know, like, like, like the Grinch, three times bigger. You know, it's, it grew three sizes that day. For me, it was more like 12 because now Bowie and Susie, the kittens uh, that my son named, Bowie for David Bowie, who's the little boy among the two, and Susie for Susie and the Banshees because he's a huge music nut. And they have become my shadows, especially Bowie. He climbs up on my desk at night when I'm, you know, working on my computer. He'll park himself directly in between the keyboard and my chest and just flip over on his back and fall asleep. Usually nest with his head nestled in one of my hands so I can't type. You know, Susie like and when he's not doing that and I'm sitting on the couch he will walk up on my chest, flip over on his back, and turn himself into a fuzzy beard for me. Nestle, literally stretch himself from ear to ear underneath my, underneath my chin and, you know, fall asleep on my chest 
snoring away happily, or then he'll, what do you call it, he'll turn around and he'll start licking my face. I swear this cat is part dog because he does very dog-like behaviors. And Minerva, of course, is, you know, every time she sees the two of them, she'll hiss and she'll play swat at them, but nothing really serious. But the la- this last thing that I want to, you know, I'm going to get away from the pets we'll for right now. Back, yeah. We'll go back to yeah. pets, you know, later, but I got to talk about this. Says so, so a Delta flight from Bar- en route to Barcelona from Atlanta, Georgia, was forced to turn around due to a passenger having diarrhea all over the plane. The airplane pilot called the incident into air traffic control two hours into its eight-hour flight on Friday. Jeff, we got the clip? Yep, here it is. Negative. It's just a, a biohazard issue. I, you know, We've had a passenger who had diarrhea all the way through the airplane, so they want us to come back to Atlanta. <laughs> I, I, I'm the only two words out of my mouth right now I, that I could use to describe this is holy shit. <laughs> oh, this is just too Negative. funny. It's just a, a biohazard issue. I, you know, we've had a passenger who had diarrhea all the way through the airplane, so they want us to come back to Atlanta. So... If better, you know, in Atlanta again, it's like all kinds of really bad stuff happens in Atlanta. See, this is why you don't eat airport food. And then on a flight that gets delayed for two hours on the tarmac prior to getting prior to taking off. So people be warned, stay away from the Taco Bell, stay away from the, you know, baked beans, um, chili probably wouldn't do it. Um, unless you stock up on the Imodium AD, you know, it's like, yeah, but so the FAA, um, flight strip for flight DL-194 was posted to Reddit, which indicated that the plane was turned around due to diarrhea all over the air cabin. Cleaning crews were able to scrub the plane of all fecal matter before boarding it again with passengers for it to head to Spain for a second time. The Airbus A350 landed in Barcelona the next day at 5 p.m., eight hours after it originally was scheduled to arrive, according to Flight Radar 24. It's unknown if the passenger with the loose stool was aboard the second flight. My guess, no. Delta Airlines addressed the incident in this statement. Our teams have worked our teams worked as quickly and safely as possible to thoroughly clean the airplane and get our customers to their final destination. We sincerely apologize to our customers for the delay and inconvenience in their travel plans. This incident comes 3 days after the extreme turbulence aboard a Delta flight from Milan, Italy to Atlanta sent 11 passengers to the hospital. Moral of the story, don't fly Delta. <laughs> Anyway, I'm just I'm I donning my Nomex suit now, waiting for the um, stack of lawsuits that Delta's going to send at me for defamation of character and all kinds of crap like that. Anyway, bring it on. You said defamation. <laughs> Defecation of character. <laughs> oh, God, it only hurts when I laugh. 
I'm, I'm sore right now. All right, so here we, I mean, we'll, when we get back, folks, we'll talk about something else. You're listening to Paul Rotundi, the new voice of Nashville on WRRN. The Southern Yankee On-Demand Print Store on Etsy is your home for all kinds of print-on-demand items, including glassware and mugs, tumblers, candles, t-shirts, and engravable and customizable jewelry cards. If you can personalize it, we can print it. Come see us on Etsy, and soon Amazon as well, at yankeeodp2023.etsy.com. Remember, that address is Y-A-N-K-E-E. ODP2023.etsy.com. You'll be glad you did. It's like going on a date with a chatty Kathy doll. Listen on a plane. I expect you have a little string on your chest, you know, that I pull out and have to snap back. On a train. I wouldn't pull it out and snap it back. You would. <laughs> or in an automobile. By the way, you know, when you're, when you're telling these little stories, here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. The Paul Rotundi Show. Every weekday on WRRN. We've reached the point in the show where we're going to talk tales of the Southern Yankee Cab Company. And while Ubering the, you know, the last couple of days, um, and particularly last night, um, I've been all over Central Tennessee this week. I mean, last night in particular, um, Everything from Franklin to Clarksville to Dixon to uh, Cookville and every place in freaking between. I mean, it's, you know, and still got to got to address the lack of infrastructure. <laughs> There's no real place at BNA Airport for rideshare drivers to stage up at. You know, and according to our app, we have to get within this little target box. There's an airplane now. Yeah, see? Yeah. You know, they must know. Or maybe they're doing surveillance. <laughs> the word's out. But anyway, I digress. So, yeah, the rideshare the ride staging area is a little tiny parking lot in between Economy Lot C and Satellite Road, 
and Terminal Road, where everybody gets on from the eastbound side and dumps right into arrivals and departures. Yeah, there's a little stretch just over the other side of the bridge where all us rideshare drivers have to stage up in and get into in order for the the app to activate and put us in the queue so that we can wait in line to get the next pickup. Well, that lot is getting smaller and smaller and smaller by the second because the number of rideshare drivers are growing exponentially here in the Nashville area because as more people get here, we need more and more tourists come. We need more flights. Southwest is about to put a new hub here. Um, and that's going to further complicate things. Plus all the construction at the airport. You know, that's a recipe for disaster. You have... <clears throat> you have hundreds of thousands... Hundreds and thousands of... Uber and Lyft drivers converging on this little tiny post stamp of real estate so that we can get in our queues respectively and, you know, wait in line to come pick y'all up from the airport because they won't let us at arrivals because that's a bannable offense and can get us, you know, our privileges revoked from coming to the airport and actually, you know, trying to make a living here. But between that and, well, I mean, let's just stay with Nashville Airport for right now because we could talk all day about rideshare lot E over at Nissan Stadium. Um, it's, it's crazy because as drivers, we try to, you know, be as responsive as possible you know, to the needs of the flying public. And because there's no transit system, at least no real transit system yet in place here in the city, the city is relying on us to schlep everybody from the airport to the hotels, the hotels to the venues downtown and, um, you know, the, um, on Broadway and, you know, points around the city to get people from the airport up to the convention center at Opry Mills, you know, in the Opryland Convention Center, to get people to the various music venues around the area, you know, from, you know, the one down in Franklin all the way to, you know, um, the Grand Old Opry and every place in between. And... I'm not going to say it's annoying because honestly, I've had more fun driving Uber than anything that I've done in my adult life, other than this podcast, of course. But yeah, it just gets frustrating because, you know, you're waiting for us to come pick you up. You've had increasingly a really horrible flight, whether it be. Delays on the tarmac. Delays getting onto the airplane. TSA. It's just a, a biohazard issue. I, you know, biohazard issues. All the way through the airplane, so they want us to come back to Orlando.
Atlanta. You know, it's, it's, yeah. you, it's bio, biohazard issues. God, only, only on this planet, folks. Only on this planet. But thank you, Jeff, for including that. You just had to do that. Yes. But, you know, you're driving. I mean, when I'm out all day, now that um, Ubering is my main hustle and not my side hustle, I'm in my car 12 hours a day. And, you know, which is the maximum limit for being able to drive, you know, because OSHA regulations and, you know, we're under the same regulations as, you know, professional truck drivers and professional train engineers. We can only spend a maximum of 12 hours of actual drive time when we have passengers in the car. And a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't realize that, you know, for us, we're out usually between 14, 15 hours a day in our cars sitting in the same spot. And it gets painful. And, you know, we have to do six or seven laps around, you know, Terminal Parkway and and Satellite Boulevard to try to get into that lot um, to come, you know, so that we can get into the queue. And, you know, that's a lot of time that gets taken off of our drive time. So we're losing money. And the city needs to do something about that. The planners at um, BNA, with all that new construction they're doing, they need to really put in a sizable lot for <clears throat> for rideshare drivers if they want us to continue to being a major force in getting people from point A to point B in Nashville because the tourism industry is going to suffer without it. The business in, the business industry in Nashville is going to suffer without it until, you know, if they want to take in another half a million to a million people into the city of Nashville and the surrounding metro area. They need to get a transit system in place like New York, like Chicago, like I don't really know the transit system in LA, but I know Paris. I've been on the metro in Paris. It's very clean, it's very efficient, and it's very well run. They need the need for mass transit in Nashville has the time has come and gone already. And we need the people in office to focus on what they need to do to provide for us Nashvilleans. And yes, I do consider myself a uh, Nashville, you know, a Nashville resident, even though I'm out in Lebanon, you know, it's like New York. If you're, if you live in Southern New York, every county in the, every county in Southern New York and Long Island are Na- New Yorkers, you know, like members and um, residents of the Big Apple, because it's so freaking huge. You know, the, it stretches from, you know, Montauk to Manhattan and up to Westchester and Orange County and Rockland County. 
and most in northern New Jersey as well, in southern Connecticut, southeastern Connecticut, uh, sorry, southwestern Connecticut as well, is all part of the New York City metro area. That's a huge amount of people. It's like 60, 70 million people we're talking about. Nashville, thankfully and blessedly, has a small fraction of that. But more people are moving here daily, and we need to, we need to address that. And we need to stop kicking the can down the road. And I'm going to end it with this. Whoever we elect as mayor had better focus on this because the time has come and gone. And we need a plan, and we need to execute that plan before we get to a point where the roads are choked, access to the airport is completely screwed up, and people are not going to stop coming here for tourism because they can't get anywhere. People are going to stop coming here for business because people can't get from point A to point B without sitting in three hours of traffic. It's happening. It happens every day in New York. I don't want to see it happen here. Did my mic? No. Okay. Um, I'm going to close it with this. You can, you know, I think we're coming to the end of this, uh, this show. We got a um, great show lined up for you tomorrow. Whatever news happens, I'm going to talk about it, probably rant about it, and we'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same network. Good night, folks. Sayonara. Arrivederci. So long. Yes, you better believe it.